Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. Thank you, W.J. Pierce, for creating and performing our music. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live. We're your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne. Thank you for joining us. Before we get down to business tonight, we would like to tell you a little about our new novel, Ravencrest Exorcism, book three in the Ravencrest saga. Uh, Imagine the Great Gatsby with ghosts. Uh, So here's Tamara. She's going to tell you a little more about it. I am. It's midnight, the witching hour, watery echoes in an empty building. The grand Greek pool at Ravencrest Manor babbles and gurgles as chlorine-scented water pumps, flowing like cool blood in veins and arteries. The moon, high and full above the arched glass ceiling, shines its light into the cobalt pool, casting splintered rays across the water, picking up golden highlights as it reflects on the constellations, the planets and moons set into the bottom of the pool. A spring and a thunk from the tall diving board, then a splash of something di- someone dives in, and somehow water explodes into the air. The sound ebbs and flows with movement. But if no human ear is present to hear it, no eye to see it, can these things be real, or are they merely tricks of the light and sound, magic courtesy of Mother Nature? Soft golden lamps flicker to life, and then music, faint but unmistakable, rises and echoes. Eddie Cantor. If you knew Susie like I know Susie. Oh, oh, what a girl. Laughter, the sounds of a party, of voices, of glasses clinking. Something white and serpentine slithers and stirs beneath the water like glistening cold silk. There and gone again in an instant. All right, Ravencrest Exorcism will be released in ebook and paperback this Valentine's Day. You can order the ebook. You can pre-order the ebook on Amazon now. Uh, again, this is Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. You can learn more about what we do at our websites, alistaircross.com and tamarthorn.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thornandcross.wordpress.com, or if you tweet, our handles are at crossalister and at tamarthorn. We also have a Haunted Nights Live page on Facebook, and you can find us on Instagram at at official underscore Alistair Cross or at Thorn and Cross. For more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at authorsontheair.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. All right, we are thrilled, as always, to have tonight's guest uh, back with us. Uh, Joining us again is Douglas Clegg. Uh, He is a writer of imaginative dark fiction, which includes horror, gothic, fantasy, supernatural, and suspense thrillers. His books have been published worldwide and translated into various editions. His short fiction has won the Bram Stoker Award, the International Horror Guild Award, and the Shocker Award, and has been included in several years' best anthologies. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the man without pants, Douglas Clegg. How are you, Doug? <laughs> Who told you? Why would I do this show with pants on? Come on. <laughs> we don't either, so hey. I know, yeah, we just figure, so, we just figure you know, it stands so, to reason we don't have any on. No. So in brief, oh, well, I'm not in brief, but okay. <laughs> in shorts. <laughs> Did you say in shorts or shorts? Shorts, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, how are you? Out. What are you doing? What's new? Well, actually, you want to hear this? 
this is what you when you live like a recluse like I do. This is what happens. So this fall, nothing exciting happened. I was writing, but nothing exciting was happening other than I was getting, you know, kind of a sinus thing going on, and it wasn't pleasant. And, you know, my ear, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting an ear infection. So I, was, I didn't see a doctor yet, and I was like, well, I'm sure it'll pass. I'm sure it's nothing because I avoid reality. And a, a <laughs> friend of mine, a friend of mine who has, uses a hearing aid said, oh, yeah, I had a hearing um, That's how I got my hearing aid. I had an ear infection. I ignored it, and then I lost my hearing in that ear. So I'm thinking, oh, no, right? Then another, that was from years ago that she had happened to her, but another friend more recently said, oh, yeah, I've got an ear thing now, and then two days later she said, oh, my God, I have to get a hearing aid. So I'm like going, oh, no, I'm not seeing a doctor, and it's insane that I'm not seeing a doctor because I probably have this ear infection because every time I would lean my head a certain way or wake up in the morning, I hear this little crick, crick, crick in my ear. So... <laughs> But I still, by the way, so then it's New Year's, so I'm going, well, I can't see a doctor on New Year's, so clearly it'll be after New Year's. But the day before New Year's, I went to a barber because I hadn't gotten my, my four-month haircut. But I hadn't got, because, you know, I don't have a lot of hair on my head. So I went to my, for my four-month haircut, and the guy cuts my hair. He goes, do you want me to do your ears? I'm like, yeah, sure. My ears are like hairy as like the abominable snowman. So he goes in and really clips my ears, like really clips them, and that's all it was. It was ear hair making oh. that noise in oh my, my ear. <laughs> there was no ear. Oh, my, my God, you're a mad so magazine hairy. cartoon. My ears are so hairy that I wish I could put my hair from my ears on the top of my head, but that would look a little absurd, too, because ear hair is not a good look. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that is that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd start the show off with that. I just thought I'd start the show off with that. So you should, Thank uh, you. You, should get some, you could get like some. I I got I got I have these like uh, buzzers and they do eyebrows, ears, nose. Uh, they um, do it so all and, because I get I get crazy probably, eyebrow hairs. I have to cut my eyebrows. Right, you can probably do that, but I would like end up tearing my I, like that scene in Poltergeist where the guy razor blades his face off. Oh, I would, be yeah. that. I would be like, no, my ear is filthy too. I need to cut it all up. It's hideous. So I'd be bleeding into <laughs> the hospital after that. It would not. I, I really would be. I, I would. I would probably puncture my eardrums clearly. And the doctor would say, why did you stick it all the way towards your jaw? Like what through your ear? What What was going on with that? Oh so dear. <laughs> you know, I still. I had this whole. I had this horror fantasy when I was young that I occasionally still have. I mean, it's not a good fantasy. It's a horror fantasy. Yeah. I would be in friends' sports cars in college. I had friends who had little sports cars. I didn't because uh -huh. I was a, not a rich kid who had sports cars. But I would, we'd be driving along the highway in Virginia, and I'd think, wow, we're so close to the road in this little sporty car, right? You're very low to the road. I could reach right. down and stick my finger on the road, and it would slowly split oh. open as we drove. Oh. And then I couldn't stop oh. thinking about that. So every time I got an old sports car, that's all I would, I'd like, don't look out the window, don't look at the road, don't look at the road. Because I was just thinking, oh. sticking my index finger out and just pushing into the road and watching it split and tear apart as we oh. so Oh, thanks uh, for yeah, that. Well, my, that's going to stick. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> you know, you know oh. what's, what's funny is, you know what, um, always, it's kind of related. I can't watch, I can't watch models on, on, the catwalk unless they're like in flat shoes or no oh, shoes right. because every time I uh -huh. see for some reason and it's only models on the catwalk for some reason every time I see a model walking on the catwalk in heels I wait for her ankle to just 
pop out and it just creeps me out. Oh, I don't know why. nice. I don't get it. Oh wow. It's a I didn't know it's that. It's a secret desire. It's a secret desire. It's a secret mm. desire. I hope her, I hope she breaks her ankle. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Well, you, yeah. <laughs> you guys are both making my crotch crawl up into my over, you know, my fan of balls oh, are going out. My, my whole body's cringing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> were you gonna say? Thanks. Were you gonna say your, your crotch crawled up into your ovaries? Or I was. My my phantom balls, I guess. Those are my ovaries. Everything went. You know, you have your body goes straight to the ovaries. Yeah, you hear something awful. Oh my god. Yeah. That's so funny. You made me cough. It was so funny. It made me cough. <laughs> so anyway. No, I mean, I, just like you guys, I've been working on books, and I've worked on oh. – so I went through my my copious amount of books, most of which are done, almost done, 10 pages, 40 pages for me uh-huh. done, which isn't bad for a novel. Um, and no. so I counted them up in a hat, and I've been working on all of these for years, years, and enjoying them. Every time I go back, I think, wow, this is a really good story. I don't hate it. I thought I would hate it after, like, a year and a half of not looking at it. And I go back to them, and I still, I'm like, oh, I still love this. This is still like the the story that does it for me. And I realize there's 26 of them now, so I am pushing them out. And the fir- the faces which came out about a month ago, exactly a month mm-hmm. ago, um, was the first. It was a novella, but it was the first to come out. And I'm getting another one out in February called Mrs. Bluebeard. And um, and they're all either they're all either dark gothics or supernatural horror and I think that's pretty much the gamut I don't think I go into fantasy other than the fantasy that you would have in supernatural horror um, and yeah. that's pretty much the gamut Surreali- surrealistic gothic I guess is another word for it Some of it. I like that's that that's what I've been working on and as, you know, as writers, and as you know as writers there's nothing else going on I've never really I think you're in, if you're a child and you want to be a writer and you seriously want to be a writer you know, you're not thinking of yeah. like, I'll make a million bucks and live in a mansion and go and be on yachts all the time, which a few writers sadly do. Um, but it really <laughs> sort of like there, there are three. There are, if you want to be a writer, there are three careers open to you: being a writer, mm-hmm. being a monk, mm-hmm. or going to prison. <laughs> those are the ideal <laughs> things to do if you're going to write novels. <laughs> they give you a space to write. Food is delivered. But you don't have to really, you know, you rarely have to really go outside or do anything else. <laughs> right, right. It's true. It's true. You know, like, okay. like two two years ago, I, I went I went to the doctor with because I've been doing this, you know, full time for uh, five years now, five six years. Anyway, about two years ago, I went to the doctor and just, you know, I'm like, I don't I don't know what's going on. I, I'm so tired. I can't even hardly lift my arms. It hurts to brush my teeth. <laughs> just <laughs> what the hell? I need blood tests. I have some sort of horrible disease. And she, she tested my vitamin D levels, and I was like at, like at 11, which <laughs> you're supposed to be at least at 30. And I started Don't you live in a really sunny, big sky Clean me right up. It was, yeah. <laughs> this is how often I get outside. <laughs> so, yeah, I get it. I do. I get it. <laughs> they're, they're, the, the doctor's like, you have to do something other than live like a slug. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thing. I I have to force myself into daylight. I do know I have to do that. That's my big thing. Yeah. I know. Every day I take I take the dog for a walk. That is my mm-hmm. least amount of walk I can do and still feel good about myself. <laughs> um, which, yeah. well, you know, which is a couple of miles. I do a couple of miles. It's amazing how when you're young, a couple That's of miles good. seems a long way, and then when you're older, it's like 
Oh my God, it's much less than I thought it was to do two miles. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, actually. Yeah. So yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, Vitamin D is the we're we're all sort of vampires. Um, I'm trying to think of what else has been going on. What have you guys seen any good horror movies in the past several months that you could recommend? Just Knives Out. Uh, That's not really horror. Oh, yeah, that was great. Lots of good stuff about that, but I have not seen that yet. But yeah, Knives Out. Everybody's uh, loving it. Wait, wait. What movie is? What's it called? Oh, Knives Kni- Out. Knives oh, Out. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. At first, Quite I thought you were inspiring. saying Lights Out. Lights Out, and then I thought oh no, the light. Then I thought, does she mean the lighthouse? But yes, yeah, Knives <laughs> Out. Okay. I'd watch one called The Lighthouse. Yeah. But, well, you know that movie is now yeah, on nothing TV, really, and it's. Lighthouse on, is oh, on is streaming. It? It'll be it'll be for rental in about mm, two weeks, I think, or no, a week, and it's the follow up to The Witch by the director of The Witch. Oh no! So uh, it's about a lighthouse. It's about a horror story related to a lighthouse. Oh, we like that. It's quite yeah. a serious film, and I heard it was great. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, I saw Miss Summer. Great. Did you guys see that last year? No, I didn't have any desire to. It's like, okay, I know what, what is it? I know that. I, blood. I think actually, I think you did. I think you'd enjoy it, um, Tamara. Really? I think you'd enjoy it, it because so bloody. Yeah, it, I'm sorry. What? Wow, it sounded you so bloody. bloody. I, it, it kind it of everybody. Isn't, yeah. it, it's weird. It, it's more of the, one of those things where I'm trying to think of like. I mean, listen, there are like these shock moments in it, but it's not as. Mm-hmm. It, there's. I thought it was going to be a little more torture, but it's. It's. I, I, oh, I'm not, I think you were disappointed, away, right? It's, no. it's no, I wasn't. I didn't. I don't like torture movies. That's the one thing I'll, I'll walk out yeah. of Quentin Tarantino movies, even though I think they're great. Yeah. There's the kind of thing, especially, especially if it's the suspense of torture, and I don't like that. I'm like going. I don't want to wait until the guy's yeah. ear gets cut off. Even, even and if it never gets cut off, I'm madder because I'm like, if you're going to tease us, <laughs> cut off the ear. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but, but the exactly. weird thing with Midsummer is there's. Well, I mean, I, so the way Raul described Midsummer when we saw it was he had a good description was it's a clock that tells that runs, but it tells the wrong time. I don't feel that badly about oh. it because I felt the movie actually had a lot of good in it. It had some problems partly because I feel it went on a little too long on some things, but I still thought uh-huh. it had some brilliant things going on in it. I mean, it really has some scenes where they're beautifully nightmarish and it's not anything gory. That's the, the, the gore. There's a little bit of gore, but it's, pretty much off screen. I mean, you see something, oh, but good. you don't really see. Yeah, it's worth, it's worth seeing. Yeah. And partly because I think there's a cackling horror aspect to parts of it. There's the part where it's so bizarrely to the wall that it's, I was laughing with it, not against it. I was like, oh, uh-huh. my God. And part of, me, part of me thought when they show this sort of cult, this pagan cult thing, which I don't think is any spoiler to say that, you just go, oh, yeah. well, they have a point there. Oh, yeah, they have a point with that. That actually does look there's a good, there's a good philosophy going on here somewhere in there. Wow. So this but, uh, this isn't the remake of Wicker Man exactly then. No, not and really not at all. I mean the the similarity a similarity is there, but that would be there between any horror movie, including Harvest Home story, any mo- story or movie that took a pagan cult as sort of a backdrop of the action of the story. And so uh, um I mean and there's plenty of um Nora Lost little wax doll book that became a movie called uh, something I can't remember what it's called, but the same kind of thing where, you know, it, you, someone comes to a place and there's a secret and the secret is there's this thing going on. It's less secret in Midsummer right. than in the other ones. Um, so it's really uh-huh. not the same. I mean, you'll see it and you go, Oh, this isn't a lineage of Wicker Van. Yes. 
I, okay. I think that there's such an and the lead actress and the character written of the lead actress is so interestingly done. But I would say there's some nightmare scenes you'll act, you both will actually enjoy. Um, oh, okay. Because funny sounds better than I too. expected. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, believe me, you'll still get to the end, and you might still say what Raul said, which was it's like a clock that runs, but it tells the wrong time. Which I thought was quite an assessment of it, because it still has an enjoy. I, I still think that guy is somebody to watch, and I think that's a beautifully made movie. And he must have made it mm-hmm. – he made it specifically – you know, he made Hereditary. That was his other movie. And they both I love have, Hereditary. Yeah. Well, and it's very different. It's very different. Well, actually, there's a similarity in plot in some ways that you'll see. But it's very different. Uh-huh. But it shows me that even when he makes a misstep, I think, as a writer-director, it's, it's uh-huh. an interesting enough misstep to watch. So I think it's worth it. So sorry to take up so much time oh, on that. I good. feel like I just, I just promoted somebody's movie for them. Really, let's get back to me. <laughs> let's get back okay, to what me. about you? Tell us about the faces. Yeah, yeah. So the faces is is a surrealistic horror story. Um, I, I I can't really tell you much about it other than it's about someone who is pretty grumpy in his approach to the world, and he and a woman friend who is one of his oldest friends are out and they're going to go to a Halloween costume party a few nights later. And she's like, you know, we have to get you a costume. We'll go to these secondhand stores. And in one of the secondhand stores, there's this mask. And she says, don't wear that. That's sort of hideous. And he's like, no, but you don't know what it is. And what it is, is it's Uh based on a comic strip that his father had loved and shown him when he was a little boy. And this is one of the characters from the comic strip. And what he does is he Uh puts the mask on and he goes to the party and everybody loves him and everybody wants to know him and listen to him and his life starts to change and he realizes people don't know he's wearing a mask so it's a story that oh, starts there and it goes i'm sorry go ahead oh no i just said oh wow oh, i like this i i know i <laughs> want to hear your gasps of praise <laughs> so, oh. 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 So, so, oh my god so, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> I'll read what she's reading. So, <laughs> so, so <laughs> I, want you, I want you guys all the time to call me and do this for me. So, um, okay. so, so the story, no, the story begins like that, that, and it actually okay. gets darker and darker. And, and I'm not going to tell more other than to say he finds yeah. there's a larger society that already knows about these masks. So it's a, it's a, it's a novella, and it's relatively short, but I think I was able to pack a, a lot of – good stuff in it in terms of the story and gets uh, a vivid story for me to write, which I really enjoyed doing. And then on top of which there's a fun mythology to the comic strip that gets played into the story also. So, um, oh, great. Uh, and it's funny because the, the way I got the idea for it was, well, first of all, there's a deep idea behind it that really has to do with the closet. And I think that uh-huh. is very much in the story. There's a satirical aspect to it about the story about the, if you're, well, not even if it's just your LGBTQ, it's just that, the closet, people have various versions of, of what they hide about themselves in order to prosper or to feel they're getting something. And um, yeah. there's part of that to that, but that's an underpinning. But another side to it was I was, I was on um, – I saw on Facebook or someplace uh, someone posted a picture of themselves in a cartoon character outfit, and they were like, how do you like me now or something? And people were like, oh, it's so funny. And I'm like, what if you found out people liked you more? 
because you wore that all the time. And that was, that was part of an origin of this, but it also keyed into this thing that I have, which is the idea of the, the face that's not your face that you wear. You wear someone else's face in order to please people, in order to get ahead, in order to any number of things people wear, not the faces they really have for other people. So that's right. part of it, too. So yes, oh, that sounds great. Behind it. There's creepy, right. scary we, stuff, but we, there's a deep meaning. Uh, we started reading it, but we read aloud to each. Well, I do the reading, and he likes he likes to listen, and I like to re- read. And uh, we, <laughs> we haven't read, gotten very far too. because we've been on deadline. <laughs> yeah, he he likes to be read too, but that's good because I'm a horrible listener. So you know, it's match made in heaven. But, well, the, the fun <laughs> we started it, but we're on deadline, so we haven't finished. The, the fun Go part ahead. is there's a chapter where he has to, he decides he's he's so creeped out by this mask he has to research the comic strip. And as he goes through its history, it's fascinating because the comic strip itself has its own thing, which was in the 50s. It became like pro-McCarthy, fascist comic strip and all these things. Oh, but, wow. it, but in it, it was basically a family where they were always pleasant and smiling, even when the world was blowing up around them. So that's, it's, it's a, basically mm. was this bizarrely horrific comic that became mainstream when the baby boomers were born, which would have been his father's generation. And... Um, and he learns more about that, and it was, that was a lot of fun to write. I could do an entire novel about that comic strip's history. Nice, that maybe you should. You know, and, and I gotta, yeah. I gotta tell you, when we, you know, even even what we did read, we didn't we didn't get too far into it yet, but it's it, you know, we will. But it, every time I read anything of yours, I'm I'm I really am truly you know struck by you have a almost a hypnotic style. What I yes. mean by that is like like you know, like in one of the early scenes, you know, uh, they're in a, a coffee shop and you know, it it's just like somebody's, you know, staring into the dark depths of their you know, coffee, you know, their cup of coffee. Right. It's just there's just something it, you you have a way of really the words you choose. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's 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 uh I I, 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 I will we say just this, love I appreciate that, and I will say this: that one thing that I do, one thing that I do do, one thing that I do do <laughs> is I go. I mean, I'm sure you do this too. Every a lot of writers do, which is I incessantly go back and forth and start getting. Even though there seems like there's extraneous detail, as you read it, you'll see there really isn't. And so I get rid yeah. of everything that I think is forgettable and extraneous. And so even if you don't know what's coming, so you don't know why. Like, why would this be the writing? Why would this be going on? I try mm-hmm. to give it an import, at least for the character. So that, to me, is part of why it takes me forever to write a story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going back over yeah. it. Yeah. It's very but clean. But it comes out it's so just... nicely, and it, and it reads so smoothly. Uh, you know, it, it's, thank you. you know, definitely, yeah. 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 It's funny. I learned something yeah. about painting for writing. I learned I was I was taking a class, not a class, a friend who was this great guy in his 80s who was a great painter. Has done great paintings his whole life. His house is full of them. He's just has stuff all over. But he, I said to him one day, because I would kind of go over and have cocktails at their house in the afternoon, like one Friday, every Friday in the summer at one point. I said, you know, could you ever uh-huh. teach me oil painting? And he's like, why? And I was like, I just want to figure something out about it. I don't want to be an oil. I don't want to be a painter because I don't think I'm that good. So he did, and what was fascinating was he was, like, cursing at me the whole time when he taught me. He was a great guy. He <laughs> say, I, I'm not going to use the bad language on this, but he, he's 83 years old. He used every bit of bad language, like, mother, blah, 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 blah. And I would be like, oh, my God, this is the way, I, is the way my teacher should have been. 
because I would have learned so fast <laughs> if my teachers were cussing at me. You know, instead of being <laughs> and being nice, my teachers should have been cussing at me because I was like, quickly, my brain was clicking in and going, I get it, I get it, I get it. But what I learned from that, wow. from that experience was, you know, we, there was, I, he started with a still life and I had a still life. And when I saw what I painted, I thought, boy, that, that means my mind is not seeing that thing yet. Like what I'm painting, I'm not really seeing because what's coming out of my hand with my eye is something that really doesn't look that much like it. And I realized that's uh-huh. because in your brain, what you see gets confused and messed up a little bit, fussed up by whatever is going on in your brain. And I realized that was right. a metaphor for writing, which was, I think wow. I'm writing about one thing, but the sentences that come out sometimes don't tell that. And I need to always go back and focus on where that story really needs to head and what really needs to head. And you guys know this, you're writers. Yeah. But oh, I'm yeah. still to yeah. do- It's totally I've only, true. You, I've only you... been doing this for, for, since age five. It takes me a long time to learn. Yeah. <laughs> it does. So, you know, you do. If it, if it makes sense to you and you know it, you know, you know it, so you think that it's there. You think that they know it. Right. That's not necessarily true. You have to go back and be like, okay, no. if, and it's really hard. This is why you need editors and, and readers and stuff because it's like, if you, you don't yes. know what you don't know. And, and if it's, yes. a, yeah, you need fresh eyes. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So I think I'm just. Take up the whole show talking about this, so I apologize. <laughs> no, you're no, fine. no, we like it. We we yeah. we love having you, and and uh, yeah, no, you're fine. Yes. Um, you, we are just about out of time though. So where can uh, oh, our fast. listeners find out? I know that went really fast. It always goes really fast with us. Way fast. Where can the listeners find yeah. out more about you? Where would you like them to to look you up at? The best place. The best place really is douglasclegg.com, D-O-U-G-L-A-S-C-L-E-G-G.com, or patreon.com backslash douglasclegg, because the Patreon group is really keeping me on target to get the stuff out that I've been working on. They actually are the, that group has been the best impetus for me to keep with the work and keep getting it out. So I've been very happy with that. And they've been great. And they're the ones. They also yes. write, like I got a note from one person who's wonderful, and she said, yeah, there was this one sentence I tried to read three times, and I didn't really know what you meant. So I'm like, good, thank you, thank you. I will go back to it and check it out. Wow. Yeah. wow. No, huge help. Huge help. Nice, nice. So they're All great right. in so many ways. All right. Yeah, well, we, have, we have each other for the same thing, yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. I, I know it's and we hope you come back soon. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just I'm just taking my trousers off again, and no I'm kidding. All okay. right. <laughs> yeah, Keep them I off until mine. next time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it was nice catching up with you. Um, I it hope was. that your 2020 is a great year, and that you had happy holidays. And um, thank Thanks. you for coming me. on. And as always, you're mm-hmm. welcome back anytime. We love having you. Me back. And you know, me I, you thank know, I you. asked. Absolutely adore you both. And if you're ever in town, I'll get you drunk and mm. we'll get, hang out and say horrible things about the neighborhood. Right, well, that would be great. We've gotten drunk together before, Doug and I. So, yeah. Oh, we need I know. To, you got to see those. And, sure, those and Tamara, and Tamara we have great cemeteries here. Oh, I can't wait. I've got to get back there. All right. Oh, okay. We'll okay. Go to the Thank cemetery. you so much. Sounds good to me. Hey, thank you. you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next week, we wish you haunted nights and sweet screams. Thank you for listening.
Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. Thank you. 